Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This edition of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. This week on the Patriots Report, my co-host Chris Hogan and I talk about the Chiefs usurping New England as the most disliked team in the NFL. We take a look at some possible candidates for the job of the Patriots' new offensive coordinator and discuss what it's like to get a concussion if you're playing in New England. That and much more up now only on the Patriots Report. All right, Chris, I'll start with this one. Who's going to win the Super Bowl and why? Kansas City or San Francisco? Oh, man. I mean, what a, what a weekend for sports, right? Seriously. For football. I mean, the, the championship weekend is just fun. Um, good. Two great games. I, I got to – I'm siding with the 49ers. I mean, I, got, I would love to see Christian McCaffrey win a Super Bowl. I would love to see a seventh-round draft pick go on to win a Super Bowl. Um, but you know, Kansas city, you know, hats off to them, man. I mean, they played well against arguably the, the front runner to win the Super Bowl, and they came out on all cylinders. I mean, I, I it blows my mind that you just don't double team Travis Kelsey the entire mm-hmm. game, but they, that wasn't part of their game plan. And, and, uh, chiefs are going back to a, another Super Bowl. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to be siding with the 49ers, uh, in a couple of weeks when they, when they take the field. So, but I, I do, I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, some talent, talented offenses and defenses that both are, you know, playing good football right now. I agree with you on a lot of those points. I, I think the, the fact that we could see a Mr. Irrelevant end up winning a Super Bowl, I think it's going to be really interesting when you roll that into the, the overall philosophy that you need to get a quarterback. You know, yeah. you need to draft a quarterback in the first round to win it all yeah, if you yeah, want to yeah. have a chance. And I know that, <laughs> look, I don't want to go too far down that road, and I understand that. But from my perspective, watching this postseason so far, the Chiefs really remind me a lot of you guys when it comes to overall mental toughness, winning on the road, not always in the prettiest of fashion, but being able to make plays when it counted. Tell me a little bit about the importance of that mental toughness, particularly at this time of year. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I don't, I don't think I've really even ever thought about that. But now that now that I'm thinking about it, it does. I mean, they do draw a lot of similarities. I mean, all year, all year long, man, everyone's been on them about they don't have the guys. They don't have the, you know, they lost Tyreek. They lost this, you know, they only have Patrick Mahomes. They only have Kelsey. The receivers are not good enough. The running back's not good enough. I mean, I heard that for three years, and yet I went to three back-to-back-to-back Super Bowls, right? And I think – I think Patrick has done a very good job of managing that team, that offense and their expectations. And I don't think that he's really faulted at all this year. I think he just stayed the course. Um, You know, he's obviously just stepped up his level of play. I mean, playoff football is different, right? I mean, this is, it's winner go home type football. And I think the fact that they, that Andy Reid has had that experience. I think that Patrick and a lot of guys in that locker room have had that experience. They know what's on the line. Right. I mean, this you we can play throughout the season wins, losses, you know, a couple drop passes here and there. But when it comes down to playing the good, their best football, I mean, they showed that last night. Right. I mean, Ravens are making mistakes. 
drop passes, not, you know, a lot of three stuff that you haven't seen from them uh, mm-hmm. all year round and penalties. I mean, clearly the, I mean, the chiefs were, I mean, they were, they were instigating a lot of that. Right. I mean, there was a physical kind of, you know, scratchy game, you know, everyone's kind of in their face every single play and they just stayed the course. I mean, Kelsey made the plays. Everyone's been on him about not being focused. I mean, the guy broke the record for all all time receptions in the playoffs. I mean, you know, that's what you expect out of your best players in big time situations like that. So I expect the chiefs to kind of, to, I mean, it's going to be a good game. You know, this Super Bowl is, is setting up to be a, is going to be a good one. Um, you know, I think the 49ers have to really focus on not going down by 17 points in the first half. And maybe it, it you know, because <laughs> I think, I think that the difference between the Lions and the chiefs is that the chiefs know how to play from ahead. Yeah. Right. I don't think the lions really knew how to handle that situation and being up in that sort of game on the road in an NFC championship game. And I think that was pretty clear that it, the things just started to fall apart for them, you know, and it only took a, a few drives. Right. I think if the 49ers find themselves in the same position, they're, they're not going to win that football game. So I think Kyle's going to have to, you know, the game plan is going to be great, but it's really about, you know, starting a little bit faster and getting everyone on the same page so that they're able to kind of put some points on the board and keep this game close. Talking about the Chiefs, and I saw a few stories the last couple of weeks that the Chiefs were the new, and I'm putting my quote fingers here when I say this, most hated team in the (laughs) NFL, taking the mantle from you guys, from the Patriots. My questions are two. One, did you guys know how disliked you were? And two, did you care? That means nothing to me. I loved it, though. Right? I mean, everyone – it was during the regular season – if you came to New England or New England was coming to you, that was your Super Bowl. You were going to get everyone's best game week in and week out. There was no there was no up and down versus the teams that you played, right? I mean, when you get your schedule, you know, when Tom was there and Bill and all those guys, the guys that are, you know, going to Super Bowls every single year, going to AFC championships, you circled that game, right? You circle that game in New England, or if they were coming to you, or you were going to Foxborough, that was the game that you look forward to because, you know, they were the we were the team to beat for a very long time. And I think, I mean, listen, uh, the, Mahomes has been in the league for six years. He's got to the playoffs and he's gone to the uh, AFC Championship six times in a row, man. I mean, that's insane. So yeah, I mean, they got to be the team that everyone is circling on their schedules now. It's like. These guys are the ones. They're they've proven no matter who they have on the field, they've proven that they're going to get there, and they. I, I, it makes sense to me that everyone hates. I mean, everyone hates a winner, right? And yeah, yeah. For the they're, team to beat, and and they're getting there regardless of whoever they're dating on the side and whoever the who's in the media. I mean, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, they're they're playing for the Super Bowl in a couple weeks on Sunday. And the rest of the 30 other teams are not. So, you know, you you read between the lines of that yeah. one, right? I mean, yeah. they obviously know what they're doing. So, yeah, if I was another team, I'd be circling that one too. And uh, I'm I'm in the uh, category of hate the Chiefs, but I got to respect. I have the utmost respect for that entire organization. 
couple of coaching questions related to the Patriots. How much do you know about Nick Cayley? He was on the staff as an offensive assistant and a tight ends coach when you played in New England. He apparently now, at least as we're recording this on Monday, has the inside track as the new New England offensive coordinator. What do you remember about him and what kind of job do you think he might do as the OC for the Patriots? Um, I, I Nick was the... Uh, uh, he moved, he kind of moved up the ranks, you know, at, when the first time I got there, but he worked primarily with the quarterbacks. Um, uh, listen, I, I love, I love Nick. I think he's, uh, he is a very smart coach. He works as he's obviously worked his butt off to get to where he's at in this point in his career and to earn this, you know, recognition to get an interview for an offensive coordinator position. But I think we talked about it, you know, a few weeks ago last week. I, I don't think, I mean, you bring in Nick, it's going to be the same offense, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe with some wrinkles because now he spent some time out in in LA, so maybe he had he's picked. Listen, he's definitely picked out something. He's I'm sure he's learned a lot from Sean. So you'll probably see a couple of different, you know, different ways of of running and passing the football. But I think overall, it, he's going to go back to you know, what he did in New England. And I don't know if that's the answer. You know, it's, I think we, we talk about, you know, wanting to, we, we got a new head coach and and we want to kind of do things a little bit differently here. Then I think maybe it, it might be time to, you know, change it up a little bit and, and bring in an offensive coordinator and let's, let's bring in a brand new playbook. I mean, let's, we can run some, I, I, every, it's a copycat league, man. Everyone runs the same stuff, but Let's bring in just a different a different way of doing things, and uh, maybe that brings in a little bit more excitement uh, for this offense and for the organization and for the team in general. Is this offensive coordinator job in New England a coveted position? I, I say that because I only think that the trump card for the Patriots might be in telling prospective offensive coordinators behind the scenes that, look, you're going to get a chance to work with Jaden Daniels. Or we're going to push all our chips in the middle of the table and we're going to take Caleb Williams and you're going to be his first OC in the National Football League. Other than that, I'm not sure how you go about attracting elite candidates for this job. Um, I mean, I think it kind of that falls on Gerard. Uh, I think it's it's everyone knows Bill and how he does things. And and I, I think Gerard is he would he'll handle like listen this is I'm doing things differently I'm gonna this is a total different type of energy that I'm gonna bring into this team and you know this is my focus and this is where I see the future of New England Patriots under under my reign as as head coach and um you know I think he can handle that uh and I think people would I think that would be the the coveted position right to to work with Gerard Mayo right mm-hmm. someone that was a phenomenal football player that has now got a wonderful, an awesome opportunity to be the head coach in the New England Patriots. And listen, we have a, we, our defense is very good, right? We're going to still try to make it better. And yeah, you're going to have a chance to work with, you know, probably a top draft pick, you know, in this year's draft, we, we have some money to spend. We're going to bring in some free agents. We're going to, you know, try to bring you in some different weapons and, and would love for you to be a part of the process. And, you know, who do you like? Who do you not like? Like, where do you what do you want to do with this offense? So I think um, I think any offensive coordinator position, obviously, like you look at your quarterback first. You know, and so, yeah, like bringing a rookie quarterback comes with its growing pains, but you got an opportunity to, you know, 
maybe help a kid grow and he could turn out to be a really good quarterback. And, you know, you bring in some, some veteran weapons on the offensive side of the ball and, you know, who knows what this offense looks like next year. Right. So um, maybe like on paper right now, it, it doesn't look like the type of position that anyone would be, you know, clawing to, to get, but I still think that there's, there's a lot of opportunity there. And, uh, you know, listen, we're here. I think that this, the, the sky, we can only go up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there should be a lot of people that are lobbying for this spot here in New England as the OC. Last team building question for you. Can Gerard Mayo take a look at what happened on conference championship weekend and take some notes from those teams? It could be something as broad as hey, hit on the coach and the quarterback, or it can be something maybe as specific as play calling or schemes or personnel or whatever the case might be. But if you're Mayo, you're watching these games, what are you taking out of these games that you want to apply to your team moving forward? I think, I think you're for, for Gerard, I mean, game managing is going to be such a, is, is going to be a huge part of, of his, you know, process of being a head coach. I mean, let's look at Dan Campbell, right? I mean, that guy, I mean, I, listen, I was pulling for the lines last night as much as I want San Francisco to win. I mean, for an organization to stick behind a guy, to change a culture of an entire organization and give him the time to do that in three years where they were two and 12 one year, and then they went nine and eight, and now they're playing the NFC championship game. I mean, you know, he did things his way, right? He had a lot of energy. Um, people are going to question some of the calls that he made last night, but you know, he said it in the post game stuff. I mean, listen, this is who we are. You know, I'm not going to, I don't regret my decisions. Um, I don't think that, I think the team backed his decisions. Um, and like, as a head coach, you're going to be faced with those types of situations week in and week out. So I think for him, I think for Gerard, it's, it's really about just watching how different, how coaches manage games and seeing, you know, how, who do I want to be as a head coach, right? Am I going to be a guy that's going to be aggressive and, you know, wants to go for it on fourth down and play, you know, play the statistics or am I going to take the points? So I think we'll, we'll, all of that will be laid out for us, you know, over the course of, you know, the preseason. And, and well, I think we'll see him, you know, the preseason will be a good trial run for him to kind of see, you know, how to manage a game and and see how he wants to do it and obviously it it, it boils down to the type of team that he has and the, the amount of trust that he has in an off, offense and defensive side of things so i think there's so much there's so much unknown right now and, and really? yeah. it's we're just we're kind of in this waiting period of like I, I can't wait for august to roll around so that we can start playing football and you know because again it's it's how much do we really get to know in you know in training camp, right? <laughs> we we're gonna talk about players and, and draft picks for the next couple months until we actually get to play a preseason game. And then it's live bullets and be like, okay, cool. This is New England Patriots and let's see let's see what type of team that we're gonna put out in 2024. It looks like Bill will not be coaching in the NFL in 2024, which is remarkable to me. Uh, um, I looked this up. This would be the first season since 1974. The year before, he took a special assistance job with the Colts where he won't be a head coach or an assistant coach in this league. I don't care what you think of Bill. That's wild to me. But I have a hypothetical for you. When they have the night for Tom at Gillette Stadium in June, does Bill come back 
And if so, what sort of reaction does he get? Um, I, I mean, I got to imagine that Bill comes back and I got to imagine that every single person in that stadium will be, there won't be a, an empty seat in that stadium and there will be no one sitting down. You know, I mean, look, Coach Belichick, regardless of how this year went, I mean, the amount of respect that former players have, that coaches have, that owners have, that fans have, you know, that he's given he's given everything to to that team, to that organization, to you know, to Boston, <laughs> to Boston sports, and um, I think he'll be back. I think him and Tom have too too good of a relationship, and and they've done too many good things together. I mean, you saw. I mean, listen, I saw an interview with Tom Brady, and Tom he got he got choked up, you know, with Bill leaving New England. I mean that that just goes to show you right there. I mean, you could talk about the relationship between him and Brady. I mean, that just goes to show you right there what what Coach Belichick meant to to twelve, mm-hmm. right? That, that I mean that that says says it all, you know. To see that guy get emotional about Coach Belichick retiring and thinking about all the things they did, I mean, um, I I, I got to imagine he's going to be back in that stadium. For, I put for that, that on Twitter. I, I, put I saw. That on I did Twitter this yeah. morning. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll say this right now: it's got uh, almost a thousand votes. Sixty percent of the people said he returns. Yeah. Um. Ten percent uh, he declines to appear. Twenty-seven percent says that he will. Uh, declined but send a video and then ah. another three percent said said it, it's complicated you know is something you know some other something else is going to happen yeah, um, no, there definitely definitely won't be any tech side of of bill doing a selfie video that's that's not going to happen he's either going to be there or he's not <laughs> i, I want to wrap up with one final question on a recent edition of julian's podcast he had your buddy danny amandola on and they told some of their concussion stories including one where they talked about having a pact where Amandola said if one of them got knocked out, the other one would run over it and peel them off the ground. The other thing they said was they would give each other information that would be asked <laughs> of them by the medical staff as the concussion protocol, doctor, individual, whatever uh, on the uh, sideline, date, score, the time. Did you have that sort of pact with the guys and were you aware of something like that going on? Listen, I, I, I played in a different era. Right. And the, that era changed pretty quickly over the over a couple of years, even towards the end of my career. Concussions were clearly more of an emphasis on that. And we there was more people there analyzing that stuff. I I could used to be able to say the months forwards and backwards if you asked me like right now, because I knew that's what I had to do to get back in a football game. And I have certainly gotten my bell rung multiple multiple times but to me it was you know uh, football that was my job man I was not getting taken out of a football game and if I needed to say the months forwards and backwards and what day it was and who was winning or losing like I knew all that information going into that game and listen I've I've been picked off off the turf multiple times I mean I'll tell you actually I'll tell you a funny story my first play in the NFL I got knocked out knocked out Right. Buffalo Bills opening day, 2014, 2013. I was special teams were at home. Uh, The amount of energy was just insane to me. Ran. This was when the wedge was a real thing. And you had to go try to 
get by 600 pounds of offensive linemen. Well, my dumbass ran, tried to go straight through them. And AQ Shipley, who actually went to Penn State, so I I, I knew who he was, and and uh, I played lacrosse there, obviously. So, oh yeah, he he, I mean, he literally picked me up off the turf and was like, you know, you're okay. <laughs> I walked back to the side. I mean, I was seeing stars for a, an entire half, you know. But like, that was that was the way that I played football, and the and I wasn't gonna. I wasn't going to, I didn't really have this. I mean, you go back and forth. I go back and forth about, you know, it may probably should have been a little bit more cautious about some of this stuff. Cause it is a real thing and brain injuries are a real thing, but I, I just love to play, man. And, and I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have any special packs like Danny and Jules, but um, I, I certainly got brought to the tent a few times and, and be even before they even started speaking, I'd start saying the months forwards and backwards be like, I'm good. Let's go. We're losing or we're winning. It's the third quarter. And there's this much time left. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> What's the tone in the tenor when you get in the blue tent? What, what is that like for someone who's never experienced that? Is there an urgency? Is there an anxiety? And I know, look, every situation is different. Every injury yeah. is different, but what's it like when they put that tent up around you? I think I think that the the staff and I mean that listen they're they're doing their job and a lot of guys sometimes in the heat of the moment maybe they get a little upset that they're getting taken out of the game to go into the blue tent but at the end of the day they're doing what they think is best for you and it's it's I I think they know that um and they know the type of people that they're dealing with right cuz these are guys that are playing you know going to war for 60 minutes and emotions are high and it's always a, it's always a calm like it's never like it's never someone like really in your face like you know doing any of that it's more like hey this is what we saw your head bounced off the turf or you took a big shot like do you remember it like how did it happen um are you okay let's just do a couple of different tests i mean we go through an entire concussion protocol before the season so you have kind of a baseline of you know of you know, covering your eyes, standing on a foot, you know, the things that you can remember, um, the, you know, saying different things, obviously day of the week, who you're playing, time of day, who's winning, who's losing. And they they have their whole process of going through this because at the end of the day, like they're, they want to make sure that they're not putting you back out there, um, you know, w- risking even more serious injury. So the, I think that it's, it's much more, People are more players are more aware of it now um, and the implications that you could have later on in your career, like after you retire. And and I think they're educating guys much more on that. But, you know, when I when I played, it was more of like, listen, man, you're not taking me out of football game. <laughs> like, I don't want to come out. I don't care how hard I got hit. But if I can play football and I know what day the week it is and who we're playing, like I'm going back out there. Did it so, ever get heated for you on the sidelines when, when it's like, look, I'm going back in this game. I don't care what you say. <laughs> was there ever a moment where you had to be, I don't want to say saved from yourself, but was there ever a moment where you had to really fight to get back in the game? Um, no, I don't ever remember myself getting, getting real heated in the, in the moment. I do remember um in 2016 we were playing cleveland and i took a reverse and got like flipped end over end and and uh you know it was that was probably like when they started doing some 
more concussion stuff. And they brought me all the way back into the locker room. And I think I was, I think I got a little heated about that just because it was, you know, it was a really, it was a, it was a emotional game for everybody. It was, it was Tom's game back yeah. after his suspension. And, um, you know, I was just excited to play with Brady, you know, during the regular season for the first time. And, you know, I was having a good game and, you know, yeah, sure. I got, you know, I took a, I took a good shot, but like, you know, if, if I, as a player, I know when I got hit and when I got hit, hit. Right. And it's like, I just, I took a, I took a shot. Right. And that to me didn't warrant me having to go all the way back in the locker room, answer all the questions and come back out. But, you know, listen, it, it also like, when you look back on it, these guys are doing their job and they're, they're trying to look out for the best interests of the players. And I can't fault those guys for that because, you know, that's they're they're trying to protect you from pretty much from yourself because you know guys like me and you know Julian and Danny. I mean, there wasn't much that was going to bring us out of a football game, and it's a violent sport, man. I mean, listen, you there are there you're not going to go through a football game without you know taking a nick to the head once or twice. So, um, you know, I think what they're doing in the league is the right thing, and how much education and how much uh, player safety that they're doing is it's it's necessary, right? They're trying to protect guys and, and lengthen their careers and set them up for success after, after football, right? Where they don't have any lingering injuries or head trauma. And, and there is no, you know, effects of playing the game that they loved for so long, their entire lives, you know, for the next half of their life. Right. And, and I think that's the NFL, um, you know, is going to continue to, support that and continue to do better and better and better for player safety. Chris Hogan, thank you very much, my friend. Take care. And we will talk again next week. We'll do a little more Super Bowl stuff. I want to get some of your personal memories about the Super Bowls that you played in, because you played in uh, really three wildly different games in my experience and what goes into the preparation, what goes into the execution, and then maybe what goes into the celebration or the letdown afterward yeah. so we'll we'll talk more about that next week all right chris thank you take care all right, brother. hey everyone thanks for listening one more reminder this episode of the patriots report has been brought to you by bet online it's playoff time and the road to vegas goes through san francisco and baltimore bet online is your number one source for playoff football odds stats trends and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props head to bet online today to stay updated on all the action bet online the game starts here Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.